0: Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women who are unafraid to age out loud. I'm your host, Katie Fogarty. Beauties, every Monday, I feel like I have the best job in the world. Every Monday, I get to introduce you to a spectacular woman you should know, follow, read, have on your radar. My guest this week gloriously fits this bill and then some. She's an OG multi-hyphenate, a creative director, disruptor, editor, and author, Her career spans culture-shifting roles, ranging from creative director for women's health to content director of the AARP's Disrupt Aging platform. She is also an influencer and content creator, and because she has hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers, there is a good chance that many of you are already fans of her work. Please meet Mary Jane Fahey, creator of the kick-ass platform, Glorious Broads. Welcome, Mary Jane. Well, thank you. Great intro. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I am very excited, but I'm also going to admit I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried we're not going to have enough time to get into everything I want to. I want to explore your serial reinventions, everything that you've learned from interviewing so many hundreds of phenomenal women for Glorious Broads. And I know that you recently were involved in Cosmo magazine's super viral article about great sex after 60. We are going to get- super fun. So we're going to get into it all, but I want to actually just start with some quick stage setting. What inspired you to create Glorious Broads?
1: My mother and my grandmother. But it was not because of who they were, but because of who they might have been if they grew up now.
0: Uh that feels very powerful and we I feel like we got a lot to unpack. So how 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 did they grow up and what was your experience with them versus how you think that they might have you know blossomed if they were they were you know doing it today
1: well i love them both and they were powerful within the household but when their children grew up they had no idea of how to use that energy in the outside world and as a little kid i saw that and just said wait a minute Who's the power figure in this household? It's my mother, not my dad. And why isn't she outside in the world? And that really taught me something. My grandmother's the same.
0: That's so interesting. And so how, how did you, you know, as you came of age and, and sort of moved into adulthood, um, where did you put your energies, you know, before you got to Glorious Broad?
1: Oh, sure. Um, I was very much a part of the publishing world. Um, I probably redesigned every magazine and newspaper you can think of, truly. Um, I had the good fortune of working with a guy named Roger Black, and there I started with redesigning Esquire magazine. We would redesign magazines, and that really worked for me because it wasn't only the look of it, but the content. So at that time, I always thought I could be a writer, but I was too involved and interested and loved the art direction and the look of it. But it was later in life when frankly, the economy fell and I was uh, competing for jobs that uh, for less money than I should have gotten that it, 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 let's put it this way, the rose, it it wilted. And um, I started writing. Um, and with that, I then got this great gig at ARP uh, as an art director. And my terrific boss over there, Myrna Blythe, saw Glorious Broads because I started it there as, as an idea. And she saw my website and she hired me to be the founding editor of Disrupt Aging. That took a real a real faith from her Uh, and she's 80 some years old and she's still the editor over at ARP. Pretty amazing. Anyway, she took a chance on me and I grew into the role of being an editor and having seen how they ran Disrupt Aging and what I wanted to do with Glorious Broads. It was um, an incredible ladder to, to, to walk and to, and to jump from.
0: Yeah, and I, lo- I love how you took these sort of these two core talents and interests of yours, you know, the sort of cre- creative direction, visual storytelling, and your your sort of new interest in interviewing, writing, you know, telling yeah. telling a story using written words. And you've really merged them in Glorious Broads because it's a very visual medium. You've got wonderful um, sort of photo shoots that you feature on your website and on Instagram, you know, obviously a highly visual Medium. We get to see these people. We get to watch you interview them. We get to hear and see their stories. It's it's really a phenomenally inspiring platform. I want to ask you about your tagline, which is sages, not saints, which I absolutely love, right? Because yes, please, right? These are real women, right? Not impossible archetypes, right? We, we've all had it with impossible measuring sticks because- you know i'm a mag- i'm not a magazine you know creator but i'm a magazine reader and women's magazines and pop culture feed us a steady diet of impossible standards absolutely you spotlight real women why is this so important
1: oh i'm tired of the no offense to the x models out there i i i, I love them and respect them but the silver x models does not interest me and i think it's a really false uh hope to give to all of we regular women. I want to show that the woman that's walking the streets could be glorious <laughs> and just maybe a kind of saint. Ah, saint's probably what we're doing, is it? A bit, <laughs> but, but I love casting on the streets. And I love, you know, the connection. Oh, this woman likes, looks like she has something to say. And they're kind of everywhere. So to me... Um, it's the, it's the regularity of so many women that I, I choose to interview that surprise me with their wealth of knowledge and always funny. Funny is really important to me.
0: Oh my god. First of all, there is just no shortage of amazing women that you know. I say midlife awesomeness is a 24/7 situation. You're glorious <laughs> broads. Like, you know, there's a, I think you also say there's like a million you know glorious broads out there. Let's let's connect with them. Yes. Uh, you talked about sages versus saints. You know, I am, I've had many, many years of Catholic education. I'm done with being a saint and Ah, I am like firmly ready to move into my sage era, right? I'm ready. Yes. 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 And I'm ready to, I'm maybe ready to move into my broad era too. Um, Ah. (laughs) so I, you know, I, I think it's, you do such a phenomenal job when you use the word glorious, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, I love. What makes somebody
0: glorious? Maybe that's maybe that's an easier way of asking.
1: Well, for me, what makes somebody somebody glorious is uh, an unconventionalness that you rise above what is considered important in this world, but you rise above it and you set your own standards. To me, that's a glorious, glorious broad. I think of someone like. uh Oh, I forget her name. Never mind. But I, I think of really exceptional women in this world. And those are the women that I'm uh, that I'm drawn to. And they're never they're never people who live a, quote, regular life. Now, a regular can be someone who's married, someone who's had a long relationship. But independence to me is glorious that you set your own standards that you have your own idea of what beauty is and not what somebody else thinks is. Look, look at Diane Friedland and how she, she looked in the mirror and she saw that what someone, somebody might think is an ugly face, but she viewed herself as an exceptional face. That to me is glorious.
0: Yep. She had such a a style sort of, you Uh, know, came out of every pore and she, presented herself with that uh, confidence what, that I yes. think is so magnetic and, and, and captivating. Um, I just want to add something, excuse
1: me, but when I was uh, stumped at uh, the word, uh, the name, I was thinking of Lena Horne.
0: Now mm. that to me
1: is a glorious woman. And I remember being quite young, maybe I was in my late thirties or mid thirties, and it was when she had a Broadway production just of Lena on on stage, and she got out there dressed in a long blue gown and just said, "I can still gussy up," <laughs> and she had a laugh about it, and we all laughed with her and took her beyond middle age and worked it into power. That's exceptional.
0: That is exceptional. That that I can that image you painted is so. Um... Striking, and she's such a striking, incredible woman. You know, I want to ask you if we, if you think that as we age, we become more glorious. Is this something that we work up to? We're heading into a break, but when we come back, I want to pick this notion up.
1: Hey, hey, it's Jordan Ross
0: Myers, the man behind Twitter's notorious Lee Radzwell and Don Gunvilson. I'm inviting you to join me every week for the Pretty Corrupt Podcast. Along with my
1: co-host, reality casting director Stacey Newell-Connor, and disgraced entertainment
0: TV producer Nate Safer, we deconstruct pop culture's past, present, and future and probe the dark crevices of Hollywood, taking you inside the scandals, feuds, rises, and falls of societies rich and infamous. Alongside interviews with our celebrity friends and special guest hosts, everything is fair game on the Pretty Corrupt podcast. Every Tuesday on all streaming platforms and at storicmedia.com. Mary Jane, we're back from the break. When we went into it, you talked about Diana Vreeland. You talked about Lena Horne. Two women with uh, so much elegance and power, and who who are sort of uh, virtuosos in their careers and fields. These women, you know, were older uh, when we when we they last sort of were on our radar. Do you feel that that um, being glorious is something that we we age into? Is it something that we we have to begin with? What's your take on that?
1: Well, there can be exceptions to every rule. Uh, some of the glorious broads that I talk to are uh, 40. One even 35. But I think you really have to work yourself into it. I think it's a process. I mean, I, I do feel more glorious this year than I did two years ago, but it's it's it is a process of not only working on yourself, but understanding life in a larger way. I'm gonna get a little Buddha now, but it it does have to do with seeing yourself as in a way small in this very large life and that we're all sisters together. Um, I think that takes time to understand. I think when you're young, you just don't get it.
0: Mary Jane, how old are you now? I'm turning 74 in April. So 74. I'm 54. We have a 20-year span uh, apart. I agree. I feel more glorious now than I did two years ago. I feel more glorious now than I did at 44. I'm excited to hear from you that this Sense of feeling glorious, of feeling um, you know, sort of expansive in who we are, it continues as we you know progress chronologically. I wanted to a, a quick segue because I want to ask you about a Cosmo article that you were involved with that I referenced at the top of the show. This was a a study based on three thousand women over sixty. It was done in partnership between Cosmo Magazine and the Kinsey Institute. And it really examined everything, uh, you know, to do with sexuality, ranging from libido to your sexual cadence, the number of partners, to sexual fantasies. And I I know from reading a little bit about this and reading the article that um, 75% of women surveyed said that they are having better sex with orgasms that are just as good, if not better, than when they were younger. But pop culture does not typically depict women in their 60s, 70s, 80s having screaming, you know, orgasms or even having sex at all. Um, Why do you think culture gets older women so wrong?
1: Well, I do think that this generation of older women is redefining what older women is. And I don't mean because of the cosmetics that are out there, but the world has changed so much we're able to be healthier so much longer and healthier has everything to do with verve so i look forward to see how women are going to be looked at in the next generation but for now we were taught everything wrong <laughs> everything we <were> thought about <laughs> what what to be an older person was was wrong i never thought i would be feel this way and i never thought that i would have my sexuality so uh, such a, an a, an awakened part of me on a daily basis. So I think we're still in the habit. We're we're we're. I, I think that what Cosmo did that was a breakthrough issue, and very surprised that Cosmo did it. But we're still in the habit of thinking of grandmas as my great grandma, not as the seventy-year-olds that exist today. The living, breathing, and sexual women that we are. So yeah, I think if brought into modern terms, we wouldn't think that way.
0: Yeah, it's 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 really it's incredible. It's I I thought it was so exciting to read. It was sort of reinforced something that I had learned from a show that I recorded probably in my first year. In year one, I had uh, the the anthropologist and. Um, Uh, sex expert Dr. Helen Fisher on the show she is one of the leading uh, she's associated with the Kinsey Institute and one of the leading experts on love uh, in, in our culture and she talked about the fact that romantic love attraction desire does not fade as we age it doesn't even it doesn't even uh fade in long-term relationships because she she had proven that by putting uh long-term married partners into um mri machines and watch their brains light up with desire for one another which is such a beautiful image and i i feel like she's out there sharing that that uh, attraction desire can exist as we age you were yes. part of an you know of this exciting article that I saw everywhere. I saw people sharing it on LinkedIn.
1: you know ah, I, seriously, great.
0: like I mean I, it really yes. it, it caught people's attention. And when we start to bust some of these age myths, it's so important Absolutely. it's so important for ourselves and it's so important for the for the women and the men who are coming behind us to to say that this important part of your life doesn't go doesn't go away. Right. Um, yes. So, what what has surprised you about the reaction to this article? I mean, you were in it. You you've been interviewed by Cosmo in a sort of a video diary they did around it. What's the reaction been like from the the people in your own life?
1: Um, well, I come from an Irish Catholic family, and there wasn't too much chatting within <laughs> family. Just, I'm just being honest. Yes. But what I did love was the reaction from the younger people in my in my life. And I have a lot of younger friends and I loved the young women on the shoot. They were so excited about what they saw, but also what they learned. You know, they I, I, <laughs> I, I loved the reaction of them. That they, I think they just saw, oh, I have 20, 30, 40 more years of a sexual life in front of me. You're not going to learn that necessarily from your mom, but you are going to, going to learn it from a diverse group of older, vibrant women in front of you. It was a great day of shooting and of uh, exchanging. Um, so that's what I would say. I'm getting more of a fabulous reaction from my younger friends, from my family. They're embarrassed. But that's okay. <laughs> that's it's okay about me for a long time.
0: That's okay. <laughs> They're allowed to be. That's 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 their that's their cross to bear. As we as okay. we were raised as we were raised to say, that is their cross oh, to bear. But
1: yeah, oh my god. We're all good friends, but you know, sexuality embarrassment. That's okay.
0: Yeah, that is okay. But it's you know, I you know, this is another you've just uh surface another theme that we've explored on the show. That ageism is not just bad for people who are currently chronologically advanced in years. Ageism is bad for everybody, because it impacts us across generations. And so when we put people in these age boxes of saying, older people are not sexual, older people can't be uh, relevant and marketable, you can't have older people in your workforce, that is corrosive to younger people as well, because God willing, they want to get older. And absolutely. you know when we when we when we limit what what and how and who you can be based on the number of candles on your birthday cake, it's a disservice across generations.
1: It is. It absolutely is. I want to share with you a funny little story. Um, for uh, Valentine's Day, I wanted to put this little homage up of you're with a mate or you're not with a mate pleasure yourself, enjoy yourself for the for that night, every night, but for that night. And I put myself in a skimpy little piece of lingerie. I thought I kicked ass in it, but <laughs> a, beautiful, a beautiful young follower, and they write me a lot, but a beautiful young follower put it up and, I, and said, how courageous this older woman is for putting this up. And I had to laugh. I was laughing with my partner this morning think it was courageous. I just thought it was sharing. But, you know, younger see older as different. They don't see older as something they're just going to be.
0: Well, you're changing and- that. And I'm hoping I'm yes. changing that. And the more we yes. s- we shift this cultural conversation about what it means to be in these sort of little age boxes, the better. Because Exactly. I love what you said about age boxes. And you're absolutely right. Um, so what are some other age myths do you bump up against, maybe either in your just your own daily life or, you know, from interviewing all of these women? Because the, the women—and when I say—I'm using the word women as a blanket uh, phrase because you interview people who are trans women, cis-born women, female-identifying people, sort of from all walks of life. But I'm using—so I just want to be clear to all listeners. But so sure. you— you have had um, numerous interviews. What are some of the other age myths that are out there that you think that we all need to be resetting?
1: Oh, yeah, this is a great question. I definitely have an answer for that. Um, I, too, put people in boxes, women in boxes. I used to say my 85-year-old friend. I have a 101-year-old friend. I used to have a black friend, an Asian friend, and now they are all in one box. I no longer use those descriptions of age. <laughs> I may learn different things from different people, but they're just my women friends. And that was a real liberation for me, no longer to put them in those boxes. It, it helped me and, and certainly them.
0: Yeah, we have to unpack some of the ageist things that, that are embedded in our own um vocabulary or our own or our own brain. You know, we are we are um products of the environments that we're raised in. And sometimes we, you know, choose actively to reject that environment or to move on or have new new opinions. But, you know, I have definitely had to uh police myself, you know, from saying things like, oh, that was a senior moment, or you know, yeah. oh, you're so young, and and that's that's also yes. uh, yeah, that's inappropriate or you know um, it's belittling to somebody simply because they have fewer chronological years. So I I I, I get it. It's a work in progress. We are and- all <laughs> works in progress. That's why we're here. We're doing the work, Mary Jane. We're doing the work. <laughs> Absolutely, and even the idea of beauty.
1: Um, I know. I just watch myself. That when I say that someone looks lovely, it's not because they look younger. It's just because they look lovely.
0: Yes, that they have a they have a glow about them, a radiance. Radiance, by the way, some of these words are, you know, words themselves are not uh, you know ageist. Like you can be radiant and luminous at, at any age. But sometimes I think that they are um, they imply youth. Um, yeah. but you know, they don't have to, if we don't use them that way. So it, yeah. you know, it's up to us to be having a new conversation. Um, you have interviewed so many women, as I've said a few times, you know, what are some of the themes, the big common themes that have emerged? Um, is there, you know, is every conversation different or do you find that there's a, a certain theme about how these women feel in their lives how, and why they feel glorious?
1: Well, I would say if there's, one or two themes there is no doubt about the cliche that when they turn 50 they change and they change in a good way they usually hit that don't give a f wall mm-hmm. and they become much more liberated and loving themselves more i would say every woman that i have uh interviewed has said this to me And they also said that they have had to work hard to love themselves more and they do succeed in loving themselves more, even though they have more wrinkles, they may have more issues walking or talking or uh, the point is walking down the street, but they love themselves more today than they did as that vibrant young woman. And when nobody... Nobody
0: wants to be twenty anymore. No, <laughs> Ugh, no, nobody wants to go backwards. Although I, no. I, I would not mind having my twenty-year-old eyes because ah. I, like, <laughs> you know, there there are some things that I miss, like the the ability to like read fine print. Um, so you yeah, know, sure. like there's definitely things that 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 change. But you know, for the most part, we wouldn't we wouldn't go backwards for any. Any amount of money, um, but you know, I will say that that's not true of everybody, and so it's it's it tends to be. This is sort of like a self-selecting universe of women that I that I hang out with on the podcast, the guests that I invite, the guests that come across you know across my radar are women who are really. Uh, reinventing excited who are launching new creative projects new businesses new endeavors they are reimagining their their romantic lives their fitness you know a whole host of things and the women that listen to the show for the most part i think are really open to this so you know sometimes i feel like i'm hanging out in a bubble it's a bubble of women that are you know embracing this time of life but I know this is not true of everybody. And I had one um, very thoughtful listener reach out to me, sort of in a DM over social media to say that she literally feels like a shell of her former self. And, oh. you know, that really um, it hurt me to read it. I just felt so I felt such empathy for her because I definitely have felt like a shell of myself at different points over my lifetime. Right. You know, we all we we all have highs and lows and we all have moments where maybe you've lost a job or I, you know, I had postpartum depression after one of my three pregnancies. I did not feel like myself. I definitely felt like a shell, a shell of the woman that I that I was. So for any listener right now who's feeling like being a glorious broad sounds amazing, but I am feeling so far from glorious, you know, is there any kind of Tactic or tool or thought that you might share with this listener who right now is not feeling glorious? Yes,
1: I'm happy to. Um, After menopause, I went through a very, very dark time. A couple of deaths in my family, but also menopause did a number on me. And I had to work very, very hard at getting in touch with who I wanted to be. Who I was and who I wanted to be. So for me, it was at least a couple of months, probably a full year of meditating more, not watching the television as much, leaving a partner who was lovely, but not lovely enough for me. I needed to be alone and I needed to do some questioning. My career also at that time really crashed and it took guts but it also took well it took courage to take the time off and question who I am and what I want and let me tell you ladies it was not a good time to put in a year maybe even a year and a half listening to a lot of Buddha music and I came out stronger but it it, 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 it's not an easy path.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. First of all, I appreciate your candor and honesty, you know, that um, you, you went through a, a period of time where you really needed to put the work in to feel good. And, you know, I, I, I think that this show offers a lot of tools. I've had so many wonderful experts on the show that help, you know, women navigate the challenges. Menop- we've done 40 shows on menopause. Menopause yeah. affects every part of your body, your mood, your mind, it's its really uh, can be such a sea change. And so there, there are tools that are out there. And I, I love this idea that you tapped into, um, like, you know, an intentional pause, that you rethought your relationship, that you, um, you know, sort of put the work in to kind of reconnect with yourself. So I think that's that's wonderful coaching for anyone who is in a dip right now, who, who is looking, you know, but it's also great to hear from people who've come out merged on the other side, you know, that have gone through it. And, and I put myself into that camp, but the very first show I recorded of a, of a certain age I called is toxic rage the new hot flash because I yeah. literally was you know consumed by volcanic mood swings. It was not pretty to be around <laughs> it wasn't yeah. it didn't feel pretty to be in my head at different times and you know i yes. i went i i came through on the other side so any listener who you know just just know that that um this too shall pass uh, which is a mantra that i that i've used which i will loan to anyone who needs it so th- this too shall pass um, may
1: i add one one other thing to yes
0: please Um, I come from a community of sisters, a bunch of
1: sisters, all good friends, lost a few of them. But if I didn't have my community of women friends during that time, I would say if you're going through something and you have even a small community of friends, reach out. There's a woman I want to mention here. Her name is Yamuna, Y-A-M-U-N-A. And she had a breathing coach. Uh, She was teaching us breathing Um, And we would get together once every probably three weeks, and I would incorporate it daily into my life. That so shifted my mood swings. A community, really, let's reach out to each other.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's that's a a perfect note to end on. We are... You know, midlife, like all parts of life, is more fun with friends. And there's, um, you know, the the support of my women friends has has buoyed me up at at, at different times. And it just made life more fun, more enjoyable. As it does. (laughs) As as it does. So prioritize that. Um, Mary Jane, we are moving into our speed round, which is how we close the show. It's just, you know, I know that you've listened. It's just one to two word answers. um, So we can end on a high energy note. So let's sure. let's do this. So here, okay. So my first question to you is, this quality to me always makes a broad glorious. Chutzpah. Ah, love it, love it, love it. Uh, I would love to profile this glorious broad. Chelsea mm. Handler. Ooh, yes. I'd be here for that one. All right. When do you feel your most glorious? Believe it or not, first thing in the morning. Ah, I, I can't get behind that. I'm not. I'm not a boarding person. But I, I love it. I love it. I, I aspire to that. All right. Is there a quality or trait that you have now that eluded you in your younger years? Discipline. Hmm. Yes. Okay. A glorious broad is ever evolving. Do you have a next act in your future? Playwright. Playwright, nice. Come back, when you, come back when we've got plays to talk about. Uh, I, because I follow you on Instagram and I spent some time on it recently to prepare for this and I, because I've been on your gorgeous website, I've heard you say that a glorious broad is an excellent drinking pal. What are you drinking when you're with this pal? Well, I've changed from vodka martinis to gin martinis. I've changed from an olive to a twist I love it. I love it. Uh, Finally, your one-word answer to complete the sentence. As I age, I feel. Hmm. Hopeful. I was expecting glorious, but hopeful is a a beautiful note to end on. Thank you so much, Mary Jane. Before we say goodbye, how can our listeners find you, keep following your work, and Glorious Broads? On Instagram
1: and on TikTok, I am on gloriousbroads.com. And YouTube, it's glorious.broads. And my website is gloriousbroads.
0: Phenomenal. I'll put that all into the show notes. I will also link out to the Cosmo article. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women who are aging without apology. Before you close your podcast app, can I ask you to write a short review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen? Every review helps other women find the show. It's super easy to do. Just scroll down to the bottom of the show and follow the prompts. Special thanks to Michael Mancini, who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time. And until then, age boldly, beauties.